2: proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field.
1: Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if
2: you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them,
0: hell, there's no question who wins. It's
1: time for the Best Buckeye Podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO podcast. OH!
2: IO! And welcome back to the OHIO podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is a the wild man, Chris Wilds. That man down there, well, that's JR. We don't have a cute nickname for him yet. JR is cute. What are you talking about? Oh, well, that's what your wife thinks, but outside of her, I don't know, man. I'm not yeah. touching that. Yeah, we got different football. nicknames
0: between me and her, so. <laughs>
2: we, we, we'll are, leave it at that. we are off and running on a Sunday <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> hey, welcome in. Uh, uh, welcome back, everybody, to the OHIO podcast. We're glad to have you all tonight. Do us a great big favor. Hit that thumbs up right off the bat if you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> if you're not. Uh, give us a like, I guess, if you're on Facebook. And if you're over on Rumble, I think they say smash the like button on Rumble. That's what they do over there. And if you're over on X, I don't know what you do on X. Do you know what you do on X? Do you like wave or something? Or do you just stamp? Be there. Just, you just be there? I'm just there, I guess. <laughs> you're, you're just there on X. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> hey, you can go ahead and check out uh, uh, the uh, website uh, scarletandgame.com I'm all tongue twisted this this evening scarletandgame.com uh there there you will be able to find great articles written by myself and other great writers we are the official buckeye podcast of scarletandgame.com and, and fan sided you can find us on twitter at the ohio pod on twitter you can find us on facebook at the ohio podcast on facebook and if you fail at all of that just go to the ohio podcast podcast.com And there you'll be able to find us as well.
0: I feel like I have to address
2: something, Eric. Well, it's going to be this right here.
0: So my in-laws are all IU fans. I actually live uh, right outside of Terre Haute, Indiana, and I lost a bet. So Ohio State basketball lost to IU basketball. So I had to wear an IU hoodie to church today and on the podcast. Um, And if they won, then my – brother-in-law was going to have to wear one of my Ohio State hoodies on IU's campus uh, this week. But um, yeah, so.
1: Well, we we, we do honor our bets here, Eric. So. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, shamefully, but yes. So Man, I didn't we think got... about the podcast on Sunday night being after
2: it. So, yeah. <laughs> well, we I, forgive I, you. I, we, for, we forgive you. That's all right. Ryan Wickerham's in the house. What up, boys? Good to see Ryan Wickerham tonight. Dylan Coon says, gentlemen, how are we? See y'all Saturday. That's right. This upcoming Saturday, we have our fan. (laughs) Maybe we have our fan appreciation hockey game. We're going to be going over uh, to campus. We're actually going to be meeting up with the Boiler Express guys, Dylan Kuhn and Chris over there at the shot. If we don't get drilled by snow, Chris is over there telling me that there's going to be snow. And he would know because, you know, he works for the school system. And when you work for the schools, that's all you care about is making sure you have snow days. Me, on the other hand, whether it's snowing, whether it's sunny, whether whatever, I'm there, man. I, I gotta, I gotta be there. Ed Rogers, where am I? <laughs> well, you are on Ohio State podcast, Ed. We we understand that right now. Uh, Jr. is making it a little bit difficult for us. Larry Daniels like is I down from been
0: down or something.
2: Like, <laughs> yeah, just move your move your way high so it's like most above your head. up
0: like here, and then if you just keep the chat things up.
2: Never mind. Go on. Uh, yeah, Donald Hoffer you're right it, it could be worse like when we lost to that stinking team up north and I had to put their stupid logo behind me uh, as my background yes Chris
1: yeah. hey, Eric you know what you need to do you got to give him the Aaron treatment for last, from last week with that shirt you got to bust out the barf emoji man
2: i'll i'll grab i'll I'll grab that in a little bit chris thank you for reminding me d rock irish our friends from over there at the always irish showing up tonight uh, to support i'm assuming ohio state since you're here right uh tomorrow's black monday in the nfl coaches on the hot seat any impact do you think in the cfb coaching world well i would say jim harbaugh's probably got his eyes on something um Let's answer this question real fast, even though it's not in our show notes. Any validity to Ryan Day taking New England if it opens? did it even open? I I haven't seen any NFL news since
1: there is a lot of speculation. It's gonna open that Belichick is gonna part ways with New England at the end of the season. But uh I don't know that there's any validity to it.
2: That's Ryan Day's dream job, though. I mean that's I mean if it's last from. year,
0: they might want him,
2: but I can't imagine they want him
0: right now, especially after the putrid offensive season that ohio state showed um i think he kind of lost his luster a little bit this season
2: yeah uh let's see check but this he is out really
0: good at,
1: at, at winning with another guy's roster that's all i'm gonna say so.
2: <laughs> real fast ryan wickerhand that was that was low dude uh he's uh, talking about a camp in june uh, through july yeah. a lot of high state players there would we want to do a podcast from there heck yeah we would absolutely absolutely let us know, man. We'll we'll be we'll do that. That'd be great. Uh, Buckeye p says no chance. No chance. He goes to the Patriots. Mm-hmm. And there's one more I need to grab before we get into our conversation here. I was on their show today. Watched them. Great guys. Vol Fanatic Show. Welcome in, guys. Good to have you tonight. Uh, I know that we're uh, talking a little bit more uh, Big Ten and Ohio State for you guys, but enjoy your show. Uh, Definitely want to talk to you guys sometime about uh, doing some collaboration, guys. So uh, we'll make sure to keep those lines open. All right, guys, let's dive into it tonight. So Ohio State finally decided to, um, I guess, allow the portal to flow to Columbus, Ohio. There's been a lot of going out and not a whole lot of coming in. uh, But we finally got three guys from the portal, two of them this past week that we need to talk about. And that is good old Will Howard. I'm calling him Howard the Buck instead of Howard the Duck. Probably not going to like that Buck. nickname. Howard the Buck. That's awful. I know it is, but I, I kind of like it because it shows my age. Will Howard, quarterback from K-State, coming in. And then center from Alabama, Seth McLaughlin, also decided to be a Buckeye. Let's take Will Howard first, guys. Chris, your initial reaction of uh, Howard the Buck coming to Columbus, and I'm assuming having a quarterback competition with Devin Brown since he's burning the boats, baby.
1: Well, I'll tell you, this is what I, I've noticed. First of all, he is not quite as accurate as what McCord was. However, that being said, he didn't have near the weapons around him that McCord had. Um, if you look passing touchdowns, not that big of a difference. Yeah. He threw a few more interceptions. Um, McCord a little higher rating, but, Howard brings us a true a true dual th- uh, threat Uh, you know 81 carries for 351 last year and nine touchdowns on the ground for the quarterback guys do you know how many touchdowns we have had since 2020 by quarter or quarterbacks not named Justin Fields
2: hold on how many what how many rushing, rushing
1: touchdowns have we had by quarterbacks not named Justin Fields since 2020
2: JR is throwing up the zero. zero. Um, I know Stroud had that. none. I, well yes, Stroud Str- had one. One? Okay. His very
1: first play against Michigan State in 2020.
2: Wow.
1: And then – Oh, that's Brown a trick question.
2: That's a trick question because he wasn't a starter.
1: He wasn't the starter. But we've only had two rushing touchdowns by quarterbacks, guys. And the other thing is Howard seems to step up big in big games. Uh, You know, he had two big games this year versus Missouri and um, Texas. And in those two games, all he did was throw for 597, seven touchdowns and two INTs. So I really feel like this is a guy that, you you know, I don't know that he's going to go out and win you a Heisman. But he's, he's the type of guy who can go out and I really believe... If we have the tools stay around, that can go out and take this team to a national championship run and more than anything. I love I don't know. I'm sure you've heard the uh, The statement he made a few few, uh, days ago there Um, When asked about that team up north and the pressure of the game He said the pressure is on beating that team up north is the number one priority on the way to the national championship and our other goals That's huge, and it's everything when it comes to playing for Ohio State. Guys, that is an attitude that I don't know that we have had out of one of our quarterbacks recently. I really feel like he's saying the right things. Um, I think it's going to be a good pickup. Is is he a one-year stopgap until we get to uh, Aaron Nolan? Probably. But you know what? I think it could be a fun ride this year.
2: Coming from Chris, that is very positive. Wow. (laughs) Mr. Negativity usually over there is uh, positive on Howard the Buck. I like it. It's
1: the new year. I'm trying to be positive.
2: Oh, is that what it is? It's part of your New Year's resolution? Uh, What? what say you, man? Howard the Buck, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I've heard a lot of people give their thoughts on Howard, and and I agree with some of them. Uh, One of the thoughts that I have about Howard that is is much, much different from other people um, is I think that he has really good pocket presence um, from all of the games that I've watched. I I didn't just watch the highlights. I actually, a few of the guys from Buckeye Huddle posted like every throw and run by Will Howard in some of his big games. Uh, And one of the things that I liked from him is when he was able to step up in the pocket uh Kyle McCord was awful at that and that was one of the reasons why he struggled so much with a new offensive line is is he didn't know how to maneuver the pocket and I think sometimes that made the offensive line look a little bit worse than they were uh because he just he didn't know how to step up or maybe he didn't have the confidence to step up I don't know what it was but but he really struggled in that area that's not an area where, where Will Howard struggles he knows how to step up into the pocket and run um honestly was Kind of like Brady Cook, uh, uh, the Missouri quarterback that we just faced in the Cotton Bowl, was able to step up and gain some yards. I think he's better than Brady Cook, personally. um, But kind of that same uh, awareness of being able to use his feet in that stuff. Uh, And then the other thing that I think that people are a little bit too critical on that they don't understand is that, uh, yes, Will Howard had 10 interceptions and Common Court had, what, four or five or something like that. Um, Will Howard actually had a lower turnover worthy pass percentage than Kyle McCord. Uh, So if you don't know what that is, that is a stat that PFF has where it's balls that should have, or could have been picked off by the defense. um, And, and they just, they weren't picked off. So Kyle McCord had like a 4% um, turnover worthy throw percentage out of all of his throws. Will Howard had like 3.2%. So, It's one of those things where Will Howard just kind of got unlucky with some of his interceptions. Now, you could argue maybe they were easier for the opponents to pick off. You know, I don't know. But we saw that with Kyle McCord. Late in the Notre Dame game, he had a couple throws that should have been picked off, but they weren't. Um, He had a couple throws here and there in other games that should have been picked off, but they weren't. And he got kind of lucky sometimes. Uh, Will Howard didn't get as lucky. So I don't think Will Howard is as much of a turnover machine as people say. Uh, And I definitely don't think that he's this massive downgrade in the turnover department from kyle mccord
1: and and something else if i can throw in there too one of the big things that we we all complained about last year was we didn't see enough of those uh the crossing routes the screen routes those intermediate routes you know kyle mccord only completed 47 percent of his passes between 10 and 19 yards and Will Howard's completing over 55% of those passes in that same yeah, area. I mean, that's something that I think is, is vastly under, uh, you know, underlooked as well. And yeah, McCord had a higher percentage, but a lot of his passes were completed between zero and nine yards.
0: Yeah. And a lot of his deep balls, because everybody wants to talk about how Will Howard can't throw the deep ball. Um, Kyle McCord can't really either. The main deep balls that he did complete were to guess who? Marvin, Marvin Harrison, Harrison freaking Jr. Like the guy, like, some of them get were bad. Ball.
1: Yeah, some of them were bad uh, passes that he yeah. just made look good.
0: Yeah, I I think back to uh, what game was it where I mean Marvin Harrison Jr. Literally had to like stop to catch the ball. Uh, Was it the Maryland game? I think it was. He was like at midfield, and had to stop and catch the ball and then run with it. Yes. Um, yeah. So I I, I don't think twice
1: in that well, game, didn't it?
0: <laughs> probably. I don't think Will Howard is the best thing ever. I saw some people saying he's white Terrell Pryor. I don't think that's no. the case. Um, I, I I think he's a little bit of an off-brand Josh Allen type yeah. of guy. Big, you know, can run. I don't know if he has the athleticism of Josh Allen. He certainly does not have the arm strength of Josh Allen. Uh, but he's definitely an upgrade from Kyle McCord. Don't get it twisted. People want to say, oh, he's just the same as Kyle McCord. Uh, those people could not be stupider. Um, he is not Kyle McCord. He's an upgrade. Um, he's not... Going to be in Buckeye legend, I don't think, because of his talent. He might be if he wins, uh, but he's not going to be remembered as like one of the most talented Buckeye quarterbacks ever, I think.
2: Chances Howard becomes the next great Ohio State quarterback and carry into the NFL like Stroud and Fields, asks Brian Oberst. Let me answer that question, Brian. I think that the chances of him doing that are much greater than what Kyle McCord was. And the what I'm hearing was, will – was going to go to the NFL, but realized if I can go one more year and have a great year under Ryan Day at Ohio State, that's going to only increase my draft stock for the yes. following year. So that's what I'm getting. So if you're going to look at it in percentage percentages, Brian, I would say the next great Ohio State quarterback, probably not. But if he goes and ends up winning a national championship in 2024, then the answer to that question is yes. Yes, it was. Great
0: um, accomplishments, maybe not overall talent. That makes sense. You we
1: like to call that the Craig Krenzel effect.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, also, uh, to respond real fast uh, to you, Chris, that intermediate – you know, 10 to 19 yards, that is the bread and butter of the Ryan Day passing game. Yes. C.J. Stroud made millions. He literally made bank hitting that 15-yard out route, okay? Yes. Which is an NFL throw that is very difficult to make. Um, So... Yes, the answer to that question is that was something that the offense struggled with, and Jay was right. You know, what, the reason why you don't see a lot of crass, crossing routes and mesh routes is because it's you have to hit people in stride. You have to throw it where they're going to be, and not throw interceptions. Okay, you have to have a lot of confidence that your quarterback can read the defense and see man zone. Is it going to work? If it's not, where does where's my where's my uh, next person in, 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 in the in the tree here, and Kyle was literally one guy. I'm going to lock in on Marvin, which isn't necessarily a bad thing when you have Marvin Harrison Jr., okay? Uh, which leads me to my next question. Have you heard anything? Let me see if I can find it. Uh, someone asked, have you heard anything if about Marvin leaving, staying, or going? He's going, guys. I haven't heard 100% he's going, but he didn't play in the bowl game. Like, why would you not play in the bowl game, and then come back? Jr., have you heard anything? I,
0: no, but I don't think you need to. He's gone. Yeah, Chris,
2: he's he's, he's going to Chicago to be
1: with
0: Justin. I'm not going to cry about be, that.
1: I truly believe gonna... that. I think that Justin Fields has played good enough to get another year, and he's going to go in there and rally to get his guy.
2: Larry says, "Larry Daniels." Oh, sorry, Larry. There it is i believe the ceiling for i'm assuming he's talking about howard yes the ceiling is much higher on howard than it was for mccord yeah yeah absolutely i i agree the same thing you guys agree with that yeah oh yeah just because of mobility alone i mean right listen in order for him to do better than what kyle mccord if he literally is kyle mccord but he has a better third down percentage rate because of his legs And he's just better at moving on third down. Just third down percentage alone. Imagine where this team would have gone this year. We were terrible on third down. Terrible. If you you look at it,
1: Eric, a lot of it's because of pressure. Because our offensive line was bad. But if you look at Howard's numbers under pressure, he is actually better under pressure than McCord was And he's also better against the Blitz than McCord was statistically. I mean, McCord against the Blitz completed 56%. Howard completed 62% with 13 touchdowns and two interceptions. I mean, this is a guy who I think, you know, is a much better fit given what we've got right now.
2: So anyways, um, Aaron and I, when Aaron is not here tonight because he doesn't. he's under the weather, uh, he was supposed to be here, and about a couple hours ago he said, guys, I, I can't. So uh, thoughts and prayers, Aaron. Um, Aaron and I are going to do a Will Howard video for all of you where we break down his game and actually talk about how that's going to work inside Ohio State's offense in 2024. Um, let's talk about the next guy from Bama, the center. Seth McLaughlin. JR, I'm going to start with you, man. Yeah, this guy, I, this I really- guy's got – I'm a little weary, but I'm hearing – this is what I'm hearing. Tell me if I'm wrong. You have your ear to the pulse of this program as much, if not more than me. I'm hearing they brought him in for center, not guard. And this is the same guy who had the, the yips in that uh, bowl game against uh, that team up north last week with the snaps. So, JR – Floor is yours. I read
0: an interview that Bill Curlic for 24/7 Sports did with Seth Seth uh, McLaughlin. Uh, I'm like everybody else. I want to call him McFarland from Family Guy. Um, but Seth McLaughlin um, I, and. In the interview, Seth, I mean, he was saying all the right things. Like, the rumor that, like, Bama wanted to get rid of him, that's false. Um, he said Saban, like, tried to get him to stay, wanted him to be there. You know, I mean, I don't know why he would lie about that. But he was saying that Saban wanted him there. Um, and, he, and he told Bill that he's coming in to play center. You know, he was recruited out of the transfer portal to play center. Now, he also said, obviously, if they do want to move him, he'd be willing to do that. Um, but I think it's good to give Carson Hensman a year to develop a little bit more. I don't think Carson Hensman was, you know, like the worst thing in the world. I think he was just undersized. Um, and he was, he, he was young to start this year. I mean, a red shirt freshman, that's, that's young to start at center for Ohio state, getting rid of Luke Whipler, I guess not getting rid of him, him choosing to go to the draft really kind of screwed us a little bit. I don't understand it, why you go to the draft to be a Browns practice squad member, but
2: it, it set us, it set us back
0: a whole year. Yeah. It, yeah, so, um, so I think Seth McLaughlin is kind of that like in-between guy to make it happen. And I'm not uh, – maybe this is just me. I'm not as worried about the snaps as some people. I went back and watched um, his junior year when he had Bryce Young, and the snaps were much, much better then. And he even referenced that in his interview. He's like, I had perfect snaps in 2022. It was 2023 when I struggled a little bit more. And sometimes that's just – a confidence thing. You're not confident in the guys next to you, or you're not confident in the guy you're snapping to, or you're nervous, or whatever. Whatever's going on. So I think if they can help him feel comfortable and do a good job, uh, then he will get the snaps figured out. Because it's not like the snaps issue has been an entire career. It was just some this year, and then obviously it was very evident in the national or in the uh, semifinal game. Chris. So-
1: I'm with uh, junior I'm not overly worried about the snaps. Now, I myself did think that they would bring him in to play guard um, to replace Matthew Jones leaving. But then again, I almost got to th- – I got to thinking about this earlier. Is this maybe doubling down to protect yourself versus uh, against Hensman maybe entering the portal after the debacle with the bowl game? Um, I don't know. But I, I think he's going to be a good fit no matter where you put him. Um, the guy's got size. He can run block, which is huge. You know, Obviously, we need to get that run game going because if you don't win the rushing battle, you do not beat that team up north, cut and dry. So um, I think having a, a, an experienced run blocker in there, a guy who's – he started, what, 23 games, 25 games for Alabama over the last couple of seasons?
2: So, 22, 22, I thought.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, but, well, here, I can tell you in one second. 25 starting a little bit of twenty twenty-five. yeah yeah so,
1: 25. Yeah, 25 he, he was the starting
0: project. center when they beat georgia
1: yeah so i mean i think that this is uh i think it's gonna be a good fit I, i'm pretty excited to see what happens and where he goes
2: let me read this comment from our friends over there at the vol fanatic show because they would know these are S, this is an sec guy and they are an sec show seth not, might not be the best player on the line but he was the leader on the line for Bama. How he went is how the Bama line went. I love to hear that. I love to yeah. hear that. Because you know what our line was missing the most? Leadership. A leader. Leadership. A leader. You know, when we lost Paris to the NFL, we lost a lead, we lost our leader. You know? Yeah. Um, so if if he brings nothing more to the table other than leadership on that offensive line. I, I'm all for it, man. Thanks for that comment, guys. I agree. Um, Mike Bowers says Seth is a big time run blocker and really good at calling the block scheme, blocking schemes. That's something else we need. You know, not that Carson Hensman wasn't was bad at that, but you saw how bad we were without Carson Hensman in the, the bowl game. And so it. I'm telling you guys, I know left tackle gets all the money okay and right tackle you know but left tackle for right-handed quarterback blindside right if you don't have a good center i don't care how good that left tackle is your offensive line's not going anywhere that that guy is literally an extension of the quarterback okay and we had i think ryan day knew he had to sure that thing up and like like jay said Competition's good, man. Iron sharpens iron. If Hensman's our guy next year and he takes that next step and this guy pushes him, guess what? Now we've got a starting right guard. You know that's an absolute, you know, uh, road grader, which is what we're looking for here. Um, let's see here. Uh, Brian Ober. So is it confirmed? Mecca Ibuka is coming back. I have not. I have not seen any confirmation as, on as that of yet.
1: Five o'clock. I had not heard anything on Ibuka or Henderson.
2: Jay, right guard may already be filled by who? Josh Fryer. Josh Fryer. Fryer moving to guard?
0: Yeah, he already told the coaching. Rumors are he already told the coaching staff he wanted to move to guard, and so they're gonna try out Tegra and Luke Montgomery at right tackle, and the Fitzpatrick kid, I think too. I think those are gonna be the three competing for right tackle, and they're gonna try to move Fryer to guard. It's a rumor, at least. If that's true,
2: I don't know that's true, but if that's true, how soft are you? I mean, I understand, Hey, I I'm better at guard than, than tackle. I, okay. But if you're, if the coaching staff says that, we think you're better at tackle than guard. And you're like, no, I want to move to guard. How soft are you, man?
0: I don't know if he said it like that. Again, it's the rumor of what people are saying. And I, by listen, I'm not trying to stick up for the offensive line and say they're not soft. They're they, they were pretty soft looking this season. Um, but I think it was more from what I heard. It was more Josh Fryer went to them and said, "I feel more comfortable at guard. I do a better job there. I think one of these young guys can be a better right tackle with Matthew Jones moving on." Um, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, he he might he might be like you said, Eric, be saying, "Hey, put me at guard. I'm afraid of right tackle."
2: <laughs> if 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 that's the case, okay. And Montgomery moves the right tackle. By the way, I lo- I like Luke Montgomery. I I think he was going to challenge these guys anyways. I really do. Yeah, yeah um but if that's the case and they move him the right guard and hensman gets bumped off the starting line do you think he goes to the portal Chris I know you think you were already thinking he might jump
1: I'm not sure that he's not going already um and that may have been part of this move but I, I don't know um
2: but if yeah, that's the I, case what do you
1: if he gets bumped I see him going
2: jr do you think do you agree
0: I don't know. I, I think a lot of offensive linemen realize that it's really, really hard to play in your first two years on offensive line. Um, it, I guess it just depends on how Ryan Day and, jo- and Justin Fry handle it. You know, if they're, if they do a good job with handling it, I think he might stay. If they've done a bad job with handling it, he might go. Um, I'm not, I'm kind of 50, 50 on it. I'm not quite as sure as, as Chris seems to be, uh, but I definitely see where Chris is coming from.
2: Bobby McCormick has Donovan Jackson made an announcement. He has not. However, I believe I've heard he's leaning on coming back. Um, the The word I got was that the grade that came back for him from the NFL was not nearly what it should have been. And a lot of scouts were giving him advice to come back and develop another year. By the way, he did not have the kind of year we thought he was going to have. Yeah. I thought he I thought he was going to take the next step and really be the leader on this line, and that didn't happen. So there is that. All right, let's move on. Uh, JR, you do have another show tonight, correct? Yes. Okay. I wanted to make sure.
0: I got about three right. minutes, though, before I can – Go there, gotcha. So. This
2: one might. This I one got a might lot take. To stay
0: on this next one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that, this one might take <laughs> twenty minutes. All right, I I can't wait for the chat to time in on this. All right, let me let me set the scenario here. You get a phone call tomorrow. It's Ryan Day, and he says, "JR, Chris, or you in the chat. I know that your intelligence with this football team far exceeds my own." I need your advice on what to do with this coaching staff. Jr. if you had the ear of Ryan Day and he valued your opinion, what would you tell him that he should do with this coaching staff?
0: Well, I have three things, but I'll only give two because I feel like you guys probably have similar ones and I don't want to take up all three. Number one, I think we can all agree here, Fire your Fleming, right? I mean, the special teams has been awful. It's been putrid. It's been terrible. There's been no excuse. I mean, you got a delay of game on the very first punt in the Cotton Bowl. You had a month of practice and you got a delay. I just, I, I, I cannot explain how... Infuriating it is. Anyway, fire Parker Fleming. That should have been already done. I don't care about this. You know, let him wear Ohio State polo to the coaches' convention. He didn't deserve it.
2: All right. Uh, so, so right. We all agree that Parker Fleming is this. Oh, wait, oh! It oh, blocked right us. Me. Oh, let's go. Here we go. Let's see. See if we can do this. I might have to transition it like that. Let's see if this works. How? How are you getting in front of it? Uh, <laughs> Oh well. oh, well, I tried. Yeah, fire, park, agree Yeah,
0: you have to do that. Uh, and my number two, um, and this is probably the the one that I am more invested in, is we need an offensive coordinator. Ryan Day has got to give up the play calling. He needs to be that CEO role. He needs to be willing to have better relation. I mean, did you guys hear Eli Drinkowitz talk about you know, how he gave up play calling. He, yep. I mean, I just feel like that would do wonders for Ryan Day, uh, for himself. Uh, and the new offensive coordinator needs to be a QB coach. I, I, don't, ha- I don't dislike Corey Dennis, uh, but I, I don't think Corey Dennis is Ohio State level yet. Um, I know he had CJ Stroud. I know he had Justin Fields and all that stuff, yada, yada, yada. Uh, But I just, I don't think Corey Dennis is it yet. So it's less about firing Corey Dennis because he did something wrong and more about we just need to get an offensive coordinator in there who can also coach the quarterbacks and do a good job with that so Ryan Day doesn't have to, you know, give up play calling and then go there and work with them all the time. Uh, So those are my two main things.
2: Let Let me address some in the chat, Chris, before you jump in. Brian Oberst, Troy Smith for QB coach. Mike Nugent for special teams coach. Orlando Pace for offensive line catch. I I see what you're doing there. I know you're like, let's pull in as many Buckeyes as we can. Ohio State, I don't think they will ever hire a coach who doesn't already have coaching experience. JT Barrett. Regardless, regardless whether they're a Buckeye or not. By the way, JT Barrett has coaching experience. He is one of the quarterback coaches at Detroit right now. Yes. Um, D. Rock Irish, get Hartline to start calling the offensive plays and stop the co- conservative play calling. Yes, uh, I love I love the fact that you went right to the conservative play calling. That is exactly what we have been crying about for the last couple of years. However, Brian Hartline calling plays again. He's never done it. And I thought this year he would get the opportunity in games where we were running away with it. And I don't think that's the case. I don't think he ever called one offensive play the entire season. And if he did, no, one's said anything about it. He did call
0: plays at the end of the IU game. I know he did then. So the first game, first game, he called plays. I was at that game and I sat right behind the Ohio state, bench and um with like five I think it was the last two drives uh Ryan Day had his play sheet like in his pants behind him and he was walking up and down with Devin Brown uh and Brian Hartline was doing everything on the side so i mean i guess Ryan Day could have been calling plays without looking at his play sheet but that seems
2: <laughs> that unlikely. seems unlikely okay yeah. all right well then i stand corrected i don't know if it uh, happened in any
0: other games but uh, that one i figured I, it did
2: i never saw it all season long but i would also think that the play caller would probably want to be up in the booth yes i mean that was one of the whole that was one the one thing about ryan day when he came down out of the booth to be the head coach on the sideline he trusted kevin wilson to be his eyes in the sky and when kevin wilson went to tulsa there was there was an issue there's been an issue there he doesn't have anybody in the booth that he's communicating with that he trusts to say here's what they're doing here's what we should probably do next chris go for it
1: so i'm on board with jr as far as his two uh, changes go and jr i do think that for a quarterback coach that uh jt barrett is the ideal call to make um that being said if you're not going to let brian hartline call the plays My suggestion would be bring in a quarterback coach who could also be a co-offensive coordinator. Uh, Someone like maybe a Cliff Kingsbury. Yes. Um, Somebody who is going to be that eye in the sky who does have that play-calling experience. I would personally love to see Hartline get a shot. I think it's kind of a travesty that you give him the title and then don't give him the opportunity. But... You know what? I kind of feel like, you know, if you're not going to give it to Hartline, then, uh, you know, you got to bring in somebody like, there's a a Kingsbury, somebody like that who's got that experience who can coach the quarterbacks and, uh, you know, call the plays. Uh, The other thing is, and and I think we can all agree on this, Justin Fry has to go. Uh, His lines have, not progressed at all. In fact, I would argue that they have regressed. Eric, I don't know what that line we saw in the bowl game wasn't worse than the line we witnessed in the spring game. It was that bad. So, for me, I think that uh, Dan uh, or shoot. Uh,
2: yeah. Fry. Dan, oh, Josh. Yep. You, I thought you were going with Dan Mullins. Oh, Dan I Mullins saw,
1: would be a great choice.
2: I saw that out there today. Someone was saying Dan Mullins.
1: Yeah. Dan I, Mullins would be a great choice.
2: Uh, uh,
1: you know? But then again, you, you look at a Mullins, you look at a Kingsbury, and given the fact that Ryan Day's on the hot seat right now, is he going to want to bring somebody in who's, you know, got that head coaching experience? Um. I don't know, but you know what? I, like I said, I think it all starts and ends with getting Justin, uh, just getting Justin Fry out of there, and getting our line together because that's going to make everything else better.
2: Um. All right. If I if I mean if nothing else, Ryan, why in the world is Parker Fleming still employed at this moment?
0: I don't even think he. I know everybody has said the coaching conference, but I don't even think he deserves to wear the polo for the coaching conference. I say get yeah. rid of him.
2: He he didn't do enough to even deserve that. I I mean, my goodness gracious, the dude should have been fired a year ago. And I mean, I I I know Ryan Day's a nice guy. That's part of what the problem is here. Is you've got to get that killer instinct, like Aaron talked about. As a play caller, as a head coach, you've gotta be a killer, man. And that means, you know what? You need to look the guy in the face and be like, I'm sorry, get out of here, you're not good enough. And, and then turn right around and you and you make sure Laurinaitis is on your staff as one of the 11, and you rock and roll from there. We can make corrections or go different directions from there, but that's number one right away. You do not have to have a, a special teams coordinator on the 7th of January Uh, right now you don't have to have one you don't first but you better have a recruiter and James Laurinaitis is is that
0: okay James Laurinaitis not the special teams coordinator he was awesome on special teams when he played at Ohio State like I don't know sorry Eric
1: hey Eric How, how bad is Ohio State's special teams when you look at the fact that the Cleveland Browns, a few weeks ago, lost their punter. their kicker, had a wide receiver taking kicks or, or making kicks, and off, or their uh, special teams still look better than
0: Ohio State.
2: You know Jim Trestle has got to be, like, yes. mad as could be. Like, I know Jim Trestle probably – I have heard he's never sworn in his life. This probably makes him want to swear because <laughs> – He I mean, this is the guy who talks about the punt being the most important play in football and Ohio State is this bad at special teams and he always talked about you had to win two of the three phases of the game and special team was one of them that you have to win every single week and we just every week all the time it's terrible. I don't know why this guy is still on the staff. So that's number one. Number two, you gotta, I think you get gotta get is on the staff somehow, some way, get him yes. on the staff. And number three, um, I'm not saying Ryan Day needs to relinquish play calling, but you have got to get somebody in the booth if you're not going to be the, you know, if you're not gonna relinquish play calling, you need someone in the booth to be the quarterback coach who can be your eyes in the sky who you trust it might even be an older coach okay um it's worked out with jim knowles right one of the reasons why jim knowles is working out so well is because he doesn't really have head coaching um desires you know he i don't know how how much duke really pushed him to be the head coach but he came right out and said it. This is, I mean, I'm he's making $2 million to be a coordinator first off. That's, I mean, that's not like chump change or anything here. And then number two, he's at one of the Blue Bloods in college football, and he loves what he's doing, and he's great at it. So why can't you find that guy for the offense? Someone you trust to be your eyes in the sky, coach your quarterbacks, if you're going to be the play caller. That's all I'm saying. Doesn't have to be an offensive coordinator. If you want to make sure Brian Hartline is, is still happy about being the uh, co-OC or whatever, but you need to find that guy. And if that means Corey Dennis doesn't get his contract renewed, so be it. Because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, JR, his contract is up after this yes. season. So Dennis, yeah. So there you go. Um, who was Trestle's special teams coach? He was! Yes. Yeah. <sighs> He was his own special teams coach. Him, the head coach, Jim Tressel. That was who was the special teams coach. Sweater vest himself, my man. And
1: we won the special teams battles.
2: Uh, Nick Quinn, Ohio State never had a punt or kickoff return for a TD this season, if I'm correct. That is correct. In fact, we haven't had one since. I think it's 2014
0: or 2012 or something like that. I mean, it's been.
1: 2017, I think, I thought.
0: Paris? I was oh was it Marshall yeah. had a punt return? There you go. I you yeah, said, Marshall. Yeah. Did Marshall
2: you know, had Marshall, a punt yeah. return. Uh sorry. Bobby McCormick wasn't Urban in special teams as well. Yes. Yes. Um that's the whole corner kick thing on kickoffs that's that's Urban's baby. That was something that he he created trying to pin you in that corner, the dead zone and uh, because if you recall they ch- they changed the rule to fair catching the kickoff. Because of Urban Meyer, believe it or not, he was doing that in Florida before he ever came to Ohio State and brought it here. Um, we could afford to, we could afford to fire him anyway.
1: I'm assuming they're talking about Parker Fleming.
2: Oh yeah, of it, he his buyout was probably next to nothing, and I want to say his he was only making what 400 and some this year. He got
1: a
0: raise yeah, last four, year. He, or wait a minute. He got a raise last year. I heard he got a raise.
2: So he he's got, got another six
0: hundred or something like that.
2: Does he have another year on his contract? I don't think so. It was a one year ex, thing.
0: He expires either this year or next year. One of those two. I can't remember exactly, but
2: we got even if, if he if, expired if he,
1: before this year started,
2: if, <laughs> if he literally is still on this staff, because of a contract that is an epic failure all right we got to take a quick commercial break so jr can get out of here and go to his show uh don't go anywhere guys we have a uh, i want to show you some new merch that we got after the commercial and it's time to hand out awards this is our sixth buckeye award ceremony chris did you wear your uh did you wear the tuxedo this year oh that's too bad rats that's too bad all right hang tight everybody The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, and we are back. And my audio sounds very different since JR left. He must have had a really powerful mic going there. Okay, everybody, let me look. That's what he brings to the show, Eric. Power. He does. He does. He is. He is in the know, my man. Bring Urban Meyer back as special teams coach. (laughs) That would be awesome.
1: No, no, it wouldn't be because don't get me excited about having Urban Meyer back on the sideline unless you're going to give him the big chair. Let Ryan go back to the booth.
2: Donald Hoffer says, take a page out of Harbaugh's book and contact one of his NFL friends to see if they have a young offensive assistant coach who is ready to be an OC. It worked for TTUN's defense. It sure did. Well, that and the yeah. magic clipboard. That's That's right. There you go. Uh, I've really enjoyed seeing Chris back to just his normal level of cranky instead of the hyperventilating into a paper bag, Chris.
1: (laughs) Well, Jay, Jay, you missed it because you came on a little bit late, but I did mention that it is the new year, so I'm trying to uh, keep my blood pressure in check this year.
2: Yes, there you go. All right. Um, Let me make sure that I have all my windows up that I need here, Chris, because this is always... This is always very in-depth, as they say. Um, Okay, so here's how this is gonna go. Um, First off, let me do this. Uh, They came in. The OHIO Podcast beanies are here, man. Um, I'd put one on, but I did my hair tonight. Uh, I'll wear one for the next video. They're awesome. They turned out great. They're very warm, and they have our alternate logo on them. So a nice scarlet beanie with the alternate logo and here's the deal we're going to make it uh make we'll see how these go here um twenty dollars free shipping how about that does that sound good chris i love it twenty dollars a beanie free shipping uh message me or send me uh if you know me message me or send me an email theohiopodcast@gmail.com. podcast at gmail.com the ohio podcast at gmail.com and you can Venmo me. I'll give you my Venmo number. You Venmo me 20 bucks. Send me your address and I'll send you one in the mail. How about that? Free shipping. That way we don't have to worry about shipping costs. and Whatever it is, it is. And that's that's us not making very much money on it, especially when you put in gas and time to go to the uh, post office. But I want to make sure we get as much merch out there as we can so people can say, hey, what's that Ohio podcast? What's that all about? And you can tell everybody about it. So, tell uh,
1: your friends about us.
2: Yeah, and I, I saw my stepson uh, put in here earlier um, that uh, we were really close to a 1,000 subscribers. So, um, yeah. We need give to give away some more money? Yeah, we're, we're really close to having to give away a $100 gift card when we hit a 1,000. And we're going to do it. Here's how we're going to do it, Chris. Because EVMux has a new tool where they take everybody who's watching live and it does a random drawing. Love it. And that's how we're going to do that. That way I don't have to go to another screen or to another site and try to worry about this or that or making another video like we did before. It'll literally be um, it'll literally be live on our on our show. And hopefully we hit that very, very soon. So we're real close. So um, let's see here. I'm going back through here. Bobby McCormick. I like Captain Crazy Chris.
1: <laughs> we all like Captain Crazy Chris
2: uh let's see donald hopper
1: from time to time
2: uh ryan day in the future to to urban urban you can't kick the kicker (laughs) i love it he
1: can kick anybody he wants to as long as he's winning ball games
2: bobby mccormick deal send me the link there you go bobby it's it's i tell you what i will just email me email me and then that way i can send you the link theohiopodcast at gmail.com theohiopodcast at gmail.com okay and then i'll be happy to send you my venmo link and we'll go from there uh, <laughs> billy bob billy bob your hair looks great thanks man appreciate it billy bob's got great hair too doesn't he chris oh he billy does bob, billy bob's got great hair yeah sarah boggs that's my lovely wife billy bob it does he's super hot hey hey we got we're gonna have to speed up this podcast chris just saying uh brian ober sweet beanies dude email me uh and then i'll email you back uh my venmo and uh, you send me 20 bucks brian and we'll get you one in the mail buddy hey joe happiness is back in the house what up buddy he says what up a podcast good to see you my man awesome to have you in tonight all right here we go this is gonna be fun guys so in the comment section put uh, if you think we if we if we picked the right guy, you know you did well. If we if you think we didn't pick the right guy, let us know who you would have picked. I will say this: fourteen categories is what was what we we created five years ago, Chris. We did this five years ago. Yes. We created fourteen categories, which is why some of the names might look a little different. And this year, just like last year, we didn't have. Well, last year actually we did all of us disagreed on one last year this year it was unanimous across the board i sent the guys what i thought and they're like that's who i had so i don't know how much disagreement we'll get on on these but let's get started shall we chris let's do it okay so first up is buckeye leaves all season long guys we hand out buckeye leaves on this show on sunday nights you guys know it by now um players can earn up to six leaves a week Leaves were handed out for offensive and defensive players of the week, the offensive play of the week, the defensive player hit of the week. And this season, the Buckeye who was awarded the most Buckeye leaves was? Drum roll, please. It's not any. It wasn't even close. Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, He had 26 Buckeye leaves, which ties him for second all-time there with C.J. Stroud. And let's see here. Um... The most ever was C.J. Stroud with 30, as you can see there. And second place this year was Travion Henderson with 21. All right, Chris, next up is the assistant coach.
1: Yeah, the assistant coach of the year award is given to the top assistant on the coaching staff due to an array of reasons, including their recruiting, coaching his position group, top performers, and his value to the head coach. This year's winner is Jim Knowles. Knowles won the assistant coach of the year award for the first time. Brian Hartline's dominated this category over the past four years, winning it three times in the last four years. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> sorry guys, my notes just went down.
2: Oh, it's all right.
1: That's okay. That's okay. Ohio State has has uh, was top five in almost the entire year in several categories in total defense. Ohio State's defense uh, before Knowles arrived last season was, I think we can agree, Eric, soft. Softer than the offensive line was this year. Since then, Knowles has overseen the reconstruction of the silver bullets. So next award, Eric, is going to be the Mr. Hustle Award.
2: Yeah, and before we get to that, uh, Bobby McCormick was Walton the close second. J- uh, Jaro happiness says Tim Walton. Yes, yes, he was definitely second for all of us. But I think given Jim Knowles' success overall defensively this season, it just made sense to go the go that route. But yes, Walton was definitely in second. Yes, Chris. Did you see Jay's comment? Yes, I did. I wasn't going was to put it up, for but. That was I wasn't good.
1: The only thing I'd nominate him for is the first to get a bus ticket out of town award.
2: <laughs> there you go. All right. Next up here is the Mister Hustle Award. I like this. I've won this award in my lifetime before. The Mister Hustle Award is given to the Buckeye who has a motor that just won't quit. This guy might not be the most talented or highest recruited or even the most popular, but he leaves it all out on the field. And this year, the Mr. Hustle Award goes to Steel Chambers. Yeah, there we go. Steel entered the season as a fifth-year senior and leaves Ohio State with 208 total tackles, four interceptions, and three sacks 2023 was his best year statistically after beginning his ohio state career in the running back room and in 2021 he switched to linebacker halfway through the season and has been a starter ever since this is Steele's second career buckeye award as he was awarded the chris spielman award in 2021 which is for the top linebacker on the team let's see what we have here for mr hustle uh, Brian Ober says, uh, good choice on Jim there. I'm back on the assistant coach. Uh, Jay says Farmer Gronk should have got Mr. Hustle Award. Don't worry, Jay. He's got some awards that come in his way. Jack Sawyer for the Mr. Hustle Award. Chip Trainum for the Mr. Hustle Award. Uh, Donald Hoffer. I would say Cade Stover and Jack Sawyer would have been good candidates as well uh however great choice could have been a few others also yep jay is really upset he is just beside himself right now jay,
1: do you need my blood pressure medication
2: <laughs> brian oberst agrees stover should have got the hustle award all right what is up next chris
1: well next we have the most improved award it is given to the buckeye who from the end of the previous season to the end of this season showed the greatest improvement on the field of play. The winner this year is... There he is, Josh Proctor. After being benched in 2022 in the first game of the season, Proctor fought his way back into the lineup during the offseason. Instead of jumping into the transfer portal, like so many weak and unwilling to compete guys do, and taking the easy way out, Proctor put his nose to the grindstone and proved why he was highly recruited coming out of high school. Known as one of the biggest hitters on the team, Proctor main, uh, manned the secondary like a veteran center fielder and solidified the secondary for Jim Knowles' this season. This is Proctor's second Buckeye Award. He won the BIA Award all the way back in 2020, Eric. Mm-hmm. Previous winners of this awarding, award include Luke Whipler, C.J. Stroud, Trey Sermon, and Damon Arnett.
2: Okay, all of you saying Burke are wrong. Let me tell you why. Burke played all last year. He never got benched. Proctor literally got bitched last yes. year and came back to have the year he had. Uh As as is most improved, dude. I'm sorry, guys. Burke Burke was great, and he's going to get his just reward in a minute. But I don't think there's any question that Proctor hat was most improved from last year, dude. I don't think there's any question. uh All right. So that leads us to our next one, right? Which is freshman of the year. The freshman of the year award is given to the Buckeye who made the greatest impact on the team in his first. Year of play. So it's got, it can't be a redshirt freshman. It's got to be someone who is a true freshman. Okay? And the winner is Jermaine Matthews. I don't think there's any question on this one either. Jermaine busted out of the scene in the third game of the year in the fourth quarter against Western Kentucky. When the freshman had to pick six, Matthews Jr. became the third cornerback on the team Uh, and started in place of Denzel Burke on a couple occasions due to an injury. Past winners included Dallin Hayden, Travion Henderson, Jackson Smith, Najigba, and Garrett Wilson. That's a pretty good list right there of Gov players at Ohio State in the past six years. And uh, he adds his name to that list. Let's see here what we got. Uh, People agreeing or disagreeing with us here. Um yes, Matthews went off. Jara Happiness agrees with us. Uh st- still talking about uh other people are still Good talking girl. about uh <laughs> how about Larry Daniels, second most improved Sonny Styles. Considering Styles didn't even play much last year, I have to agree with that. Actually, yeah, yeah I I'd have to agree with that. Uh let's see. Um question about Proctor, yep, this he's done. he's gonna be going to the uh, uh, NFL Jay Thompson. Matthews jr. definitely deserving that dog bit as a pup. yep. I, that's my favorite quote from John cooper. if he if he's if it's a he's a dog he's gonna bite as a pup. I love that quote. one hundred percent there from uh, Bobby McCormick agrees. agree with Matthews. yep. Brian Oberst said Sonny. he went with Sonny. I, I can see it. Larry brought I up a good argument, one. Yeah. Larry brought up a good one. All right, what's next? We went freshman, probably hmm. time for what? A well, senior? let's talk about the Senior of the Year yeah, Award. let's do it.
1: The Senior of the Year Award is given to the Buckeye who led throughout his career, both on the field and off. His leadership will be missed upon graduation. The winner of the award this year is... There he is. There's Farmer Gronk, Cade Stover. Cade Stover returned to Ohio State in 2023 for a fifth and final season after flirting with the possibility of going pro. His leadership, even during times of injury, were seen and felt on the sideline. It was clear during the Cotton Bowl Stover was injured and couldn't uh, contribute like he would like. But you know what? On one occasion, it was Stover who took the leadership role and chewed out the entire offensive line. <laughs> yes. His fire and passion will definitely be missed next season without a doubt. Previous winners of this award, Eric, include Zach Harrison, Chris Olave, Jonathan Cooper, and Jordan Fuller. That's that's a pretty good company to be in.
2: Yeah, it, it really is. And-, and,
1: and Kate Stover is also, without a doubt, the most quotable guy on this team.
2: Oh, well – Steel Chambers is pretty good, too. He is, but come on.
1: Did he ever ask to take his NIL in tractors? True. Or
2: cows take no days off. (laughs) I love that one.
1: Or or my personal favorite, you know, talking about, you know, you're going to talk some crap. That's a good way to get your butt kicked.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. All right, moving on to BIA, the Best in America Award. The BIA, which stands for Best in America, is a name given to the defensive back, uh, given to the defensive backfield at Ohio State. The Mister BIA Award is given to the best player in that defensive backfield for the season. Guys, this one isn't even really that close. It's Denzel Burke. Come on. I mean, after hearing that Burke had an incredible offseason, it became very, very clear that those rumors were indeed true. After a sophomore slump, Burke had returned to form and was poised to have a good junior season. Good was an understatement, however, Chris. Burke became a lockdown cornerback in 2023, and by the end of the season, teams weren't even trying to throw his way. His tackling also improved this year. This was Burke's second time of winning the Mr. BIA award. He also won it as a true freshman back in 2021. Other award winners were Lathan Ransom last year in 2022, Proctor like we mentioned earlier in 2020 and who could forget the season that Jeffrey Okuda had in 2019 that was just a magical year. Let's look and see what the uh, The chat is saying here. Uh, actually Brian Kelly's caddies in the house. Good to have you tonight. Happy New Year to you as well, Brian um, Hey Eric and rumors are abound that he could be going for win number three next year Huh? Yeah, yeah uh, Jordan here's one for Jordan Hancock Uh, let's see. Oh, they're still talking about the senior award. Nick Quint says Tommy Two Thumbs should have been close for that as well. Don't worry. Tommy's got an award coming his way too. All right, my friends. What's up next, Chris? Well, next is the uh, Schooled by
1: Larry Johnson Award. The Schooled by Larry Johnson Award is given to the top Buckeye who plays on the defensive line. Larry Johnson has famously coached some of the top defensive linemen in all of college football for the better part of two decades now. In this year's winner is not Denzel Burke.
2: Oh, it's up. It's Uh-oh. slow. It's it's slow okay. on your end. It's Jack okay, Sawyer. Okay, then it it's, is it's, Jack it's, Sawyer. It's actually it, up.
1: Yeah. Okay. It took longer than expected, but Jack Sawyer finally fell into form late in the season and became the most dominant player on the defensive line during the Cotton Bowl. He looked like the long-lost Bosa brother that we all thought he was going to be when he was recruited to Ohio State out of Pickerington as a can't-miss five-star recruit. Sawyer announced he is returning for a senior season in 2024. Let's hope he plays next season the way he ended this season, and that was completely dominant, Eric. So the past winners of this award were J.T. Tuimalu, uh, Haskell Garrett, Tommy Tokiai, and Chase Young. Again, not bad company to keep.
2: No, not at all. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of people saying it would be really hard to pick. I think the game Sawyer had in in the in the Cotton Bowl put told- it over the edge.
1: Yes, it did.
2: Yeah, I I agree with that. Okay, moving on. Let's head over now to the Chris Spielman Award. The Chris Spielman Award is given to the top linebacker on the Ohio State roster for the past season. Spielman embodies everything that Buckeye fans expect from their linebackers, toughness, intelligence, relentless in the pursuit of the football. And this year's winner is... Tommy eikenberg two thumbs tommy two thumbs tommy eikenberg is a quiet man he doesn't do a lot of talking chris but instead allows his play to talk for him eikenberg finished this season with 80 tackles despite missing uh two of the final three games of the season he finishes his career at ohio state listen to this with 266 total tackles three-and-a-half sacks, two interceptions, and a forced fumble. Tommy Two Thumbs becomes the first linebacker to win the award twice, having done so in back-to-back seasons. Tommy also won the Silver Bullet Award last year as well. Past winners include, like we mentioned, Tommy Eikenberg last year, Steele Chambers in 2021, a personal favorite of mine, Justin Hilliard in 2020, and Malik Harrison in 2019. That's a name that really gets uh, forgotten, Malik Harrison. He was good, Yeah, he man. was
1: really great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Eric, you talked about Tommy Two Thumbs and his Silver Bullet Award from last year. Let's go to the Silver Bullet Award for this year.
2: Yeah, let's do it.
1: The Silver Bullet has been the name given to the Buckeye defenses throughout the years, of course. This award is given to the top defensive player on the team, and this year's award winner is... Denzel Burke. Burke was flat out awesome this season. He basically took away one half of the field against opposing offenses with his lockdown play. While this award could have gone to a number of players this season, uh, guys, in all honesty, the entire defense as a unit, uh, we felt that Burke stood out a little more than the rest in 2023. If he doesn't come back in 2024, although rumors are he's thinking about it, replacing him will be key for Jim Knowles and the continued success of the resurging silver bullet defense. Past winners include Tommy Eichenberg, Ronnie Hickman, Haskell Garrett, and Chase Young.
2: Eric? All right. This this, this award is literally (laughs) – (laughs) normally yeah slob of the year the slob of the year award is given to the top offensive lineman on the season now i'm not gonna lie this was tough yeah this out of all the awards it i we i tossed it around i'm not giving it to anybody but i don't think that would be fair to this guy matthew jones is our slob of the year Uh, As far as units go, the offensive line was the glaring weakness on this team in 2023. However, there was one player who had his best season as a Buckeye, and that was right guard Matthew Jones. After being a backup guard and center for the majority of his career, he finally cracked the starting lineup in 2022. He followed that season up with a good 2023 campaign and now has the potential to possibly get drafted in the later rounds of the 2024 NFL draft. Um, I'm trying to see here. No one's really talking about this one. I get it, guys. this This was a this was an award that was kind of kind of tough to pick. Somebody, Ed Rogers. You got to be kidding me. Josh Simmons Come on.
1: <laughs> yeah, he cu- he cut it down from six penalties a game to five. These
2: are the are these people. Are they trolling us right now, Chris? I think they're I messing
1: with us just a little bit, Eric.
2: There you go. Vacate (laughs) Donald offer come on man. We can't be that mean. We can't be that mean all right this one though This might be the most obvious award we've ever given in the history of awards
1: Yeah, this award is more predictable than Ryan day's play calling in the last year This is the zone six award the zone six award is given to the top Buckeye wide receiver for the season Anybody want to take a stab at this one in the chat before we announce it?
2: Come on.
1: Go ahead, Eric. Show us the slide. I really don't think that uh, this one was in question at all. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. finished the season with a team leading 67 catches, 1,211 yards, 14 touchdowns. No one on the team was as productive offensively as Marvin was this year. This is the second consecutive season winning the Zone 6 award. He is the second to do so, joining Chris Olave, who won the award in 2019 and 2020. Previous winners do include Marvin Harrison Jr., Jackson Smith & Jigba, and the aforementioned Chris Olave in 2020 and 2019.
2: Eric? All right.
1: (laughs) Hey, Eric. Maserati uh, Marv.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Maserati Marv. Yeah. I I know. I know. It, it, it is what it is at this point. I, you you might as well just go with it, right? I, just own it. Yep, yeah, just own it. The Elite O Award. Former head coach Urban Meyer famously said that he did not want to coach average. He did not want to be around average people. He wanted people to be elite. The Elite O Award is given to the top offensive Buckeye on the team. Again, anybody want to take a stab at who might get might be the top offensive player on the team? How about we just change it from Zone 6 to Elite O? How about that? Same guy. Come on. This isn't even close, guys. Oh, my goodness. The list of past winners of this award is a who's who of the best of the best over the past six seasons. And to be honest with you, Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best of them all. His bloodline athleticism, work ethic, and give a darn are unmatched. Congratulations to MHJ on his third Buckeye Award of the night. How about that? Past winners include C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith Najigba, Justin Fields, and J.K. Dobbins. All right, before we go to the next one, Chris, because it is the grand finale. It is the award of all awards. It is even greater than the Heisman Award, in my opinion. Great. Come on. This award actually means a lot to me, personally. I'm going to let Chris explain what it is. And after you're done explaining, Chris, don't jump to who it is. I want to talk about it in a minute. Go for it.
1: Okay, so our final award of the evening, Eric, and, and like you said, it is, I believe, the most prestigious of the awards that we hand out. It's the Buckeye of the Year Award. The Buckeye of the Year Award is given to someone who exemplifies being a Buckeye better than anyone else. That person is elite on the field and off the field and makes all of us as Buckeye fans proud to cheer for them. So Eric, I'm going to let you take over here.
2: Yes. So in the chat, I want to see what your predictions are, not what you think we are going to say, but who you would give it to. How about that? So when you look at this year's team and you Think, who exemplifies being a Buckeye the most? Who is that for you? Jay Thompson says, Xavier Johnson. That is a good one.
1: That's an excellent one.
2: That is a good one. Someone else. Anybody else got any guesses or want any make any statements before we let you all know who it is? We'll give you a couple more seconds. Jara Happiness is going in with Marvin Harrison. He says, Marv again for Buckeye. That's, in his opinion, who exemplifies being a Buckeye the most. Donald Hoffer says Stover. He does great on the field and what he does for the community. So we have three different opinions so far, Chris. Xavier, Marv, and Stover. Sawyer, because he gathered the juniors to come back, said Bobby. Mark Swick. Tommy, Tootha. We have five different people with five different players.
1: And I, I can see that you could make an argument for any of these players legitimately, Eric. Yeah, I think Although you really I do, could. I do believe that the one we chose definitely is the one who is is the most worthy. Uh, it, it would be hard to argue against any of these guys.
2: All right. Are you ready to let them know who it is, Chris? Let's do it. All right. here. We, well, hold on. We got one more. My Nick Quin, Mayan Williams. Quint, Williams. Uh, Nick's got
1: jokes tonight.
2: <laughs> uh, Vol says, I, I'll, "I'll be honest. I don't know how much about a much about Big Ten football or Ohio State, but I'll say Marvin Harrison with the emotion he had after lost the TTU in Bobby.
1: Yeah, I, I almost, I almost said that Bobby, <laughs>
2: Uh, Ready? Here we go. Buckeye of the year for 2023, Chris, is? Yes, once again, it is Farmer
1: Gronk. For the second straight season, Cade Stover has been named the Buckeye of the year. The blue-collar boy from Lexington, Ohio, came back to Ohio State for the fifth year to have one of the better seasons a tight end has ever had at Ohio State. Replacing Stover on the field in 2024 will be hard enough. But replacing his leadership uh, off the, or on the field and off is going to be even harder. This is the first time the Buckeye Award, in the Buckeye Award history rather, that someone has won the Buckeye Award twice. This is Stover's second award of the evening. Congratulations, Kate Stover. And let me be the first to say thank you for all your accomplishments here at Ohio State and everything you've meant to the university. Previous winners? have been Cade Stover, Chris Olave, Haskell the Rascal, and J.K. Dobbins. Just tremendous group there.
2: I think what he shows with his enthusiasm and passion on the field, yes, his, his rough and tough style, his give a darn, what he shows off the field, how he carries himself – how he speaks to the media in a matter of fact, polite way, but yet with a chip on his shoulder. Um, he's everything that, in my mind, when I think about being a Buckeye, um, what it would mean. This is a great question, Jar of Happiness. Do you guys give an actual award to the players, coaches? We don't. However, I have thought about creating I would love a chance. I would love to create a, a Buckeye championship belt and walk it over to the Woody and hand it to these guys for their, when when they're named the Buckeye of the year. But it is so hard to get in that place, man. It's harder than Fort Knox. I mean, you got, you got, I, I guess some of the media guys could probably do it, but let's be honest, the media guys aren't going to do this because they're not fans. A couple of them are a couple of them are, but they have to, they have to be distanced from it because, um, they have to show professionalism around the team as media members. We're just, we're like you all. We are just absolute buck nuts, man. We are fans of this team. I think it would be hard to allow them to let us to do this, but maybe that's something we can look into jar happiness. He says, you guys should do it. I think, I think it'd be awesome when this, when this show starts making a good enough money to where I can buy a championship belt and hand it to them. How about that? I will. We'll do that. Um, you just described tough kids out in the country, Eric. That's not necessarily true. You can be all of those things and from the inner city. I, I believe that. I really do. I agree. Um Yeah, Brian, I would love to see that as well. I don't uh, know for happen,
1: but yeah, I'd love to see love to see Gee Scott Jr. step up and and kind of fill that void and find that passion, but <laughs> That's some big
2: shoes to fill. Just walk in like you own the place. <laughs> yeah. There you go, having, David. That's having, how a, having this is how it's or, gonna uh, happen. Yeah. We're gonna y'all have to buy more beanies. There you go. Yeah. Email me. Email me your Venmo. I'll and, and, and I'll send you my Venmo or email me, I'll email you back to Venmo and we'll we'll get these email or mailed out to you. Twenty dollars, man. Twenty dollars free shipping it we we make like if we're gonna make like a buck off that i think it's more about it's more about just having a brand and and sharing that brand with everybody than it is anyways but uh i appreciate that very very soon though david you'll be able to give us money live on the show if you like as soon as we hit 1,000 subscribers and as my stepson said at the beginning we are very very close let me see if i can find his his remark Go ahead, Chris.
1: No, I was going to say, I was actually pulling it up right now to see if uh, see where we're at.
2: Let's see. There we go. Z Dizzle. That's my stepson's uh, handle on YouTube. Z Dizzle. Z Dizzle. Xander's his name. Z Dizzle. Everyone subscribe. 68 away from uh, 1,000 on YouTube. Thanks, buddy. He's probably in bed, though. I need to be a little bit more quiet. My studio is actually right beside his bedroom, so... There you go. That's right. Jar of happiness. We're yep. very close. We're very close from super chats, Eric. Ozbeck back in the house. Good to see you, buddy. Love your new logo. So let's tell the story about that in closing. Shall we?
1: That's the alternative logo, Eric.
2: Uh, let's see here. Bobby McCormick is that 1000 overall on all platforms or just YouTube? just YouTube, just YouTube. And I'll be, and I'll be honest with you, Bobby, uh, getting a thousand, like like we have we have ha- we have fourteen thousand followers on Facebook between the two pages, and you don't see any you don't get anything for that. There's and, and nothing. It
1: really should be more because you know we're just that daggone good.
2: Logo would be great on a t shirt. That's that's the plan. We actually had a couple t shirts in mind, Mark Swick, that we've designed. It's just we got to – The 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 website's the main thing. We're gonna have on the website. There's gonna be a store. Chris is gonna run it. It's gonna have all kinds of awesome stuff, our merch, memorabilia. Chris and I have a huge Ohio State memorabilia collection that we quite frankly need to sell some of it. And Chris actually works in in that, he has a store. He literally has a physical store that he helps run. So um, that's something that we obviously need to improve in the future um, and that we're working on that. So. Thank you, Brian Overst. We really appreciate that. best podcast in all of Ohio. Keep doing great work. Thanks. appreciate that. Um, we're, that's the plan. So let me in closing, let me let me share some news with you. We are no longer a partner partnering with Big banter. Um, we had some differences of opinion, and we decided to move on. and there are um, there are some things in the works that we are going to do. Um, that I I think are going to be a great benefit to not only us, but to other shows like us that really look at what we do as creating content for fans because that's who we are. Um, not so much about talking trash with each other and other shows, but being more supportive and helpful with everybody and helping each other build each other's brands. And that's what we're working, going to be working towards. So there's going to be some stuff coming out in the future about that. Eric Osbeck, oh, I'm all in on buying your merch. Thanks, buddy. Love it. Uh, Jake Detweiler, love you guys. Thanks, Jake. We appreciate that. Love you too. All right, story about the logo, this logo right here. I designed this logo a year ago because our old logo, Ohio State gave me a cease and assist letter. That the old logo was trademarked by them because we w- had exclamation marks after the H and the O and the O H I O. So the name of the show is not the Ohio podcast. The name of our show is the O H I O podcast, like the chant, okay? So when I yell O H, you all yell I O. IO. That's the name of the show. Okay. And Ohio State said, you can't name your show that we've trademarked that. And by the way, your logo has scarlet and gray in it, uh, a scarlet and gray stripe like the helmet. And we own that too. So you have to change your logo and you have to change the name of your show. And I said, well, I love Ohio State. And so obviously um, I'm not going to argue this, although I thought it was kind of funny. Um, So i I said, okay, we're going to be the Ohio podcast. We'll take out the exclamation marks because you don't own the rights to the, na- the state name. Okay. And I designed this logo in place of it. And I love it. It's got V in the little spot above the, the face shield, the OHIO in the face shield and the podcast under the state. And it became our secondary logo and we're going to be using it more. And so we're going to b- use that to do a lot of branding uh, in 2024. So, uh that's how it happens jar of happiness when will the uh when will the call-in show begin we're shooting for the beginning of march um this month and next month is all about um getting prepped i have a soundboard i have to buy another line and a phone and get that hooked up and john kennedy from the always irish show has helped me with how he does it and we're going to kind of do something similar and the plan is to do it probably in the evening during um the work week somewhere in the work week because we all work so uh, it, we're not like john and get to stay at home and do it during the day like he does uh we all have jobs and so it'll be in the evening at some point but um that is the plan to start that hopefully in the beginning of march um yeah so you're welcome yes thank you thank you john uh jar happiness appreciate it um okay Trying to be a guest speaker one of these days. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Good, to, good to have you in there. Hummus Hero. That logo looks like a helmet and also a basketball and a hoop. Was that on purpose? A basketball and a hoop. Oh, I see it. No, it's just the outline of the top of a helmet with a stripe in the middle. But I actually see that now. Thanks. Now I'm not gonna be able to unsee that Hummus Hero. Jeez. That's <laughs> kidding. Um, we got one more bit of bit of news before we leave. We are way over overtime tonight, but. That always happens when we do the show. It's okay. It's, show. What
1: you, what you, it's what you pay me for, Eric. Jake,
2: Jake Detweiler. De- I'd wear a shirt with Chris's face on it. We I can don't make this I, happen. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's a good idea. All right. Next week, we have a very, very special guest coming on the show. It's been confirmed. I've spoke to him. We've worked it out. You are not going to want to miss next week's show. You're going to want to be here at 8 o'clock right away when we start because next week's guest on our show is none other than Master Teague himself. Coming on the OHIO podcast, the starting running back for Ohio State back in 2020 yep master teague the third is going to be here with us next week so do not miss that show i am so jacked about this chris i cannot yeah. wait yeah I'm um, super pumped. we've had a lot of good guests before this one really gets my juices flowing man because i cannot wait to pick his brain about not just what it was like being at Ohio state, but this guy is a great dude. He just published a book. I'm reading it right now. I've almost done with it. It is awesome. It is awesome. So do not miss next week. All right guys. Um, anything else, Chris, did I, did I get it all? No, no, I'm just, I'm, I'm so excited,
1: Eric. I mean, we're, we're jumping into the new year. We're starting off with a great guest. Uh, you know, we got all, we got our hockey event next weekend. We got Master Teague next weekend. We got the call-in shows hopefully starting in March. We got the the spring game tailgate coming up. Just so much to look forward to. Got our new merch. We got our website uh, in the works. Just so many great things going on here. You know, you know I'm just pumped. I'm ready. I'm going to be positive, Jay. I'm going to be positive.
2: I can tell you this as well. Um, you guys will, I think you guys will all like this. Uh, uh a lot as well um john kennedy is gonna be coming on the show as well i know a lot of you follow him as well on the always irish show a lot he's of you awesome. come he's coming back on the show i'm gonna do a john kennedy tonight all right You're, he loved he loved my ed or- orgeron uh impression but i'm gonna do a john kennedy the ohio podcast I got to talk to you guys. I got to talk to the Ohio podcast because, you know, this thing with Michigan, it's just there's a lot of nuance there. I understand. that. I just can't handle it. I got to talk to you guys. So I'm going to come on your show and we're going to talk. Okay, Ohio podcast. That's my John Kennedy. Someone clip it up. Send it to him. I don't care. I love the guy. I absolutely love the guy. I can't wait to have him on. It's going to be a lot of fun. He wants to talk about Ohio State and to bring him on is great. I I watch his show all the time. So yeah, awesome. Eric Osbeck, I was a big Master Teague fan. So was I. And I tell you what, I'm a I'm a bigger fan even now uh off the field. So yeah, cannot wait for that. All right, guys. That's the show for tonight. I think that's all we have time for. It is way past my bedtime. I gotta edit this thing. Get it up. Get it out there for the world to see and hear tomorrow morning. Appreciate all of you in the chat. Uh appreciate that very much. Vols guys, if the Tennessee guys, you guys are still watching, email me theohiopodcast at gmail.com. Let's chat. want to share some things with you guys. Maybe we can do some collaboration in the future. As always, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH in Carmen, Ohio, with all your heart. Till next time. OH! I O!